Welcome to another fantastic episode of your favourite podcast. It's the Travel Our World podcast with me, Martin, and of course, my co-host and dear friend, it's Damo. Damo, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, very good. Yeah, looking forward to uh, what? The, what? It's almost autumn now, isn't it? We've mm. come to the end of August and bank holiday on the horizon. So mm. looking forward to the autumn period. Um, normally some beautiful sunsets, um, hopefully a bit of um, what they call it, an Indian summer on the way I hear. Indian summer would be would be beautiful, just not in mid-September, please, whilst I'm running <laughs> the Brighton Marathon, because I don't need that for the weather. But you're uh, right. Brighton has been unbelievable. The sunset the last couple of weekdays have been stunning. Um, you really feel like the summer's coming back um so you're right let's keep this this weather going so here we are for episode number eight of the travel our world podcast we've been getting through these we started these way back in in, in may and here we are now nearly in september and this is the travel uh, this is not the travel this is the tourist board podcast so damien tell us more and tell our listeners more about what this podcast is all about yeah, definitely. So we've got um, a couple of guests coming on today, uh, both from tourist board backgrounds. Um, they're, they're both uh, based in Spain, in Valencia and Tenerife. So um, you have to bear with us. You know, English isn't their first language, but they've been um, absolutely brilliant with their contribution. Uh, we just wanted to delve a bit more into about what tourist boards do. They're obviously a vital part of the cog when it comes to tourism. Um, they reach out to both, you know, restaurants, hotels, um, activities, um uh, but also they they reach out to the public as well they try and gauge our interest into you know whatever destination it is or whatever they're trying to promote so we've got a fantastic couple of guests on uh, miguel from uh, valencia and carlos from tenerife um both of whom you know have seen firsthand how things have been affected over the past 12 18 months you know since uh, since covid it's obviously still with us but i think we are learning to live with it much more so now so the positivity is definitely there regarding travel um and yeah they're going to be giving us insights to not just about what they do but also you know how things have been affected in their in their respective regions uh, and also about what maybe what things they might change going forward you know mm. how how could they try and attract more tourists to their respective cities um and they'll also divulge a bit more about you know where they like to go on holiday themselves um maybe a little bit unknown facts about uh, their respective destinations so yeah please um you know stay tuned um they're going to come up be coming up very shortly and um yeah we're looking forward to to welcoming them welcoming them with the beer as i hope our listeners are tucking into now or maybe depending on what time of the morning that is of course indeed so i think it, without further ado this is the tourist board podcast Welcome again to episode eight. Damien, here we are. We actually have guests this week. If you remember the podcast from a few weeks ago, our little catch up. And uh, we've been able to source some really exciting guests, as we said in the intro. This is the Tourist Board podcast. So I suppose it's a good time for you to introduce our guests because they're sat here waiting for us to get on with it. So, Damien, who have we got this week on the Tourist Board podcast? Yeah, definitely. No, it's great to uh, to have some guests back this week and um, hopefully people weren't too bored of our voices last week. Um, but this evening we've actually got some people from the tourist board industry. So um, really good to hear a different insight uh, from actual, I suppose, experts within the industry, how they've uh, been able to cope 
during the pandemic, uh, what they've done differently, maybe to uh, prior to uh, the coronavirus, and also um, the success stories that they've seen from their individual regions. So we have uh, Miguel Angel. Um, he's from Valencia. Uh, Miguel, welcome. Hello. Uh, thank you for your invitation to be at your podcast. That's okay. No problem. Miguel, what could you just tell us a little bit about what you do for uh, within Valencia? Well, in Valencia at the moment, I am the brand and markets uh, director. I lead a team of uh, 14 people who are uh, promoting different kind of uh, tourist products like the Convention Bureau, sports, uh, gastronomy that we call now Delicious Valencia, the film office, uh, shopping, etc. And then we have also some, uh, let's call them market managers that, okay. uh, that promote and sell those, uh, those tourist products uh, world, worldwide. Uh, when I started, I used to be in charge of uh, Asian markets and uh, Eastern European. Okay. And since uh, four years ago, I think, I, uh, I lead uh, the, the promotion the department. Uh, we do around 300, 400 uh, promotional activities uh, every year. Fantastic. Well, I mean, Valencia is very close to my heart as uh, as those that will know me. And uh, the shirt that I'm wearing today is uh, obviously the greatest football team in the world, but we won't get into uh, football debates right now. Uh, also, we have joining us uh, Carlos, a uh, very good friend of mine, Carlos Beltel from Tenerife. Uh, Carlos, how are you today? Good to see you again. Hi, good to see everyone. I'm very, very happy to be here. A pleasure to be here. Good. And, uh, yeah, we're having a great day here in Tenerife. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, first, first, before we ask what you do, how is the golf going? My golf or golf in general in Tenerife? Your, <laughs> well, your your golf, your golf, because I know you're a very good player. But, um, I'm, I'm, my, golf is, <laughs> my golf is not doing so good at the moment, actually. I, I haven't can... played for a few months now. Okay. Uh, and uh, and uh, I don't really know how it is, but uh, Let's, we, we, we could we could get into that conversation with Damien. But every time I talk to Damien, he's always seems to be on the golf course. So I think the question <laughs> we ask Damien is, how's your golf, Damien? It seems like it's in very good shape right now. So I think less time on the golf course, Damien. I think Carlos and I need to get more on the golf course and catch up with you. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, Carlos, just very briefly, can you just tell us about your role within uh, Tenerife uh, Tourism and what you do regarding the golf? Yes. Uh, well, I manage uh, the Tenerife Tourism Board has different different brands. Uh, the brand that I manage is uh, Tenerife Golf, and Tenerife, uh, Tenerife Golf uh, is it's uh, it, uh, we have 20 hotels and nine golf courses that are part of the brand. These hotels they all sell golf, so they are they are into the the selling golf packages and so on. And uh, the nine golf courses which we have also include La Gomera. La Gomera Tesina Golf is in uh, a different island, but mm -hmm. we consider it part of uh, Tenerife. So, yes, we have nine golf courses, 20 hotels that I promote uh, everywhere in the world, basically. Fantastic. No, I mean, uh, La Gomera, I've heard great things about the uh, the small little island off Tenerife. And um, I'm sure that maybe some of our listeners who've been there will, will say it's a very uh, beautiful, small little island. Uh, one place I haven't been to yet. So hopefully I can explore in the future. But what I want to just talk about today is or what uh, Martin and I will, uh, you know, um, I suppose, discuss with, with the two of you, with uh, Miguel and Carlos, is uh, more about the um, how... I suppose Europeans have been able to travel very freely within Europe. Um, 
Europeans are able to travel if they've been uh, double vaccinated or providing a negative test. Uh, within the UK, things are slightly different because we have uh, we have a traffic light system, which is, uh, I think, very confusing for a lot of people. Uh, but what I wanted to ask you was, is how do you, how do you see the uh, the UK government traffic light system uh, and its policies for testing? Um, how has it affected you from from a tourism destination point of view? So maybe maybe Carlos will will ask you first. How how have you seen the effects in Tenerife? Well, we, the, the effects in the in the UK market for us has been really really bad. Really, we've we've had really a, a lot of trouble with the UK market uh, in the in the past months. We've had uh, very few people from the UK, except the people that came at the beginning. We had some some. We have a lot of residents from the UK in the island, and many people they just took a plane before before the you know everything was closed, and they stay here for for a long period of time. Yeah. But the regular traveler, the traveler that comes for a week or two weeks, we've really seen a decrease, like a really big decrease uh, compared to other countries like maybe Germany or France and even the eastern countries. We we've had, uh, and I think it has to do with with this traffic light system. A lot of that to do because of the uncertainty that we've we've uh, experienced. At, at the end, people don't know what's going to happen if they're going to have to do a quarantine or if they're going to be, you know, suddenly you have to be stay in an island in a hotel and you cannot go back to your home. Things like that is the things that have affected the most. So at the end, I think uncertainty is the biggest problem for us with the UK market. Yeah, uh, because one day is this, one day is this uh, red light, one day is green light, one day is, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, and I, sorry, carry on, Martin. No, I was just going to ask Miguel exactly the same question um, for Valencia. How has it been a similar situation in Valencia for you with um, totally. you're using the UK market as a as a as a as a as a, as a discussion point, really? Yeah, well. Uh, here we we ha at the city of Valencia we have not suffered that that much as uh, they have done, for example, in in Costa Blanca or in Benidorm, where where 50% from the from the tourists are from from UK from UK market. Né? In in Valencia case, uh, UK market represents or used to represent before COVID around uh, six, seven, eight percent, and then it's not that. Uh, that critical, no? as mm. uh, as in, in other areas from the from the Valencia region or, or from or, or, or from Spain, no? but definitely we have seen a, a huge reduction from from UK uh, travelers, and uh, this uh, thing from the from the traffic lights that not only UK but but before also other. Uh, countries or most of the countries have been uh, using Belgium, Germany, etc., have, have made uh, the tourist board uh, employees and professionals uh, really crazy and, and mad. Uh, I remember, for example, when when we went uh, in green light for, for Belgium and for Germany, uh, suddenly we increased very fast uh, the promotion in, in those markets. Okay. And then very fast, COVID was uh, going very high in Brussels, and then they couldn't travel again. So it's been a continuous. Uh, I don't know how you call it in 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 English, but these mountains up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, for, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and and really difficult to, to adapt. At the end, we, we, we I think most of us have tried to do as much as possible digital. Of course, yeah. Then it's, it's more easy to 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 change and to and to adapt. No, but it's been a tough. It's been a tough year. Right? We usually it's, do like yeah. a, a budget a year, and and uh, during this pandemic, we we've been doing like a budget every week or every month. No? Mm. Wow! I can imagine it's been extremely tough for everyone. Uh, you you bring up um, budgets there. Obviously, everyone um, in this industry that I've worked in, I've worked with different tourist boards. Budgets are set maybe two, three years, maybe five years in advance. And obviously COVID has changed that. Miguel, you were, you were saying to us um, off air, you were talking how how things are improving. Um, and what what's changing in the last couple of months for you? Obviously, the UK market into the, into the city of Valencia is probably not as big as maybe some of your neighbour cities like Alicante or, or, or Benidorm. Um, so what's what's been the, the big increase that you've seen? Where's it come well, from? Is it we, Europeans? We, we, We've seen a big increase uh, from from France. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, well, not only by plane, but many of them are, have been also coming by by car because at the end it's an acceptable uh, distance uh, by 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 car. And uh, Germany was growing a lot as well when they at some moment they didn't need to do quarantine after coming to the to Valencia region and this was one of the only regions in in Spain where they could uh, do that now we are again in that situation before we were not so this has been changing but this has, this was a market that was also uh, growing and and Italy which is usually our our best uh, market our market number one is uh, coming back uh, again okay that's good uh, and and we see what we see for example is that the the capacity the the air capacity is uh, now quite similar in number of routes to okay. before before the pandemic so we have over 80 uh, international air connections to over 20 different uh, uh, countries and even during the pandemic we have managed to get some new routes and some new oh, airlines uh, flying flying valencia and uh, really the expectations for for this autumn are very optimistic positive, positive and, uh, and and good and in a couple of weeks we will have uh, the fires festival for the first time ever we will not do that in uh, in march <laughs> eh? we will do it in september and we really believe that uh, after burning these monuments, this is going to to make a change. Uh, and uh, and uh, we really hope there will be not a sixth or a seventh uh, yeah. wave from this uh, COVID, and, uh, and normal life will 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 come back. Uh, so. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're all hoping for that, and um, I'm very much looking forward to the FIAS as well. Um, so for for our listeners who are not familiar with the concept, um, FIAS is a annual festival t- that takes place in Valencia. Um, they are there's this is actually a profession in Valencia community where they make these huge paper mache models, and at the end of uh, the the period, uh, they all set them alight. 
Uh, now, normally, uh, Miguel, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Normally, this is done in March time. Uh, normally, yes. b- normally before Easter, uh, it's supposed yes. to it's supposed to bring on the new beginnings of the year. Um, so you burn all the bad things that have happened in the past year, and then you look forward to the year ahead. Is that correct, Miguel? More or less? Yeah, it's, uh, something something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something, so something, if you, if uh, anyone ever gets a chance to visit Valencia during the fires, it is a fantastic um, spectacle. And um, I'm actually going to be there myself uh, for the last night of the fire. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, think, but- uh, I think we should burn Damien. That'll yeah. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Now, um, Miguel talks about French people being able to drive down. That's great because they're connected to the country, but you're not. You're on an island out in the Atlantic Ocean. How is the recovery for you? And I know you represent sort of more golf than tourist board in general, but how's the recovery looking for you? Um, I say this because we spoke to a, a friend of ours from Iberostar in one of our previous pods, the golf pod, and he said that a lot of the business was coming from France, from Germany. Is that been the same case for you in Tenerife without the British being able to travel? Has that been the same for you? Yes, yes. We've we've had this this year. We've had a, an incredible increase from French people, which which we've never seen before. Uh, I think uh, since they, they French people usually travel to the, the, these French speaking countries or French speaking sort of colonies, I guess they have. And uh, since, uh, you know, those are long trips and, and I think they have found a, a safe place to, to come in Tenerife or Canary Islands in general. So we've, we've seen a big increase from the French market and also from the Eastern countries, from places like Bulgaria, places like uh, Czech Republic uh, and all these countries in the East. We've had an increase from those countries which we have never seen before, which has been really strange because we didn't know why really. I mean, well, we now we know people, you know, could travel from those countries to the islands and they did. So they found it like a safe place to come. And also they had flights to come, which is one of the other problems that we are we had in the UK, that there, there were no flights. So if yeah. there's no flights, even if you can come, you, you will not come. Mm. No, no. Exactly. No, no way to come. So we've had actually no flights from the UK for many, many months. And uh, there was maybe one flight a week, the, the British Airways regular flight, and that's it. So so now things are picking up, we have to say. And every week we see an increase of, of flight frequency. And uh, also from there's more UK people coming. When I talk to tour operators and people in general from the industry, they say, that they're seeing an increase in re- reservations in the coming months. Again, everything is hold with, uh, you know, like with little things because uh, at the end uh, we don't know uh, what's going to happen. So there's a little bit of uncertainty still, but at least people are f- making the reservations, and I think this confidence is starting to build up. So yeah. Absolutely. I think there's definitely confidence returning. I think Martin will definitely uh, back up your um, your argument there, uh, Carlos, because he sees it from a, a customer point of view for people that he he deals with on a daily basis. But also, I think, um, you know, uh, more and more and more people now, both in Spain and also in uh, the UK, are, are becoming vaccinated, which obviously helps against the f- infection. Um, it's not 100 percent proof as uh, you know, I don't want to put people's uh, hopes up, but, you know, 
hope is definitely one thing that we always try and uh, bring across on this podcast positivity i think a lot more people are now looking to travel in september and october uh, which is obviously a very uh, popular season uh, for valencia for for tenerife for golf um because it's outside of the school holidays so i think one thing that um maybe martin and i wanted to ask and maybe i'll ask miguel here is um if you were to change the system, like how UK people could travel, how how would you change? Would you well, would you do more more testing or before yeah before you answer that, Miguel, I I think the add-on to that is has the traffic light system that the UK has bought been very confusing for those of you in Spain because we don't understand it. So I think first of all, Damien, your question, yeah. and then to add on to that, I, and is it because everything is so it just changes all the time. So you don't know if you're coming or going. We're waiting for another update should be out in the next couple of days. Anything could change. Uh, is that confusing for well, you as well? At, 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 the, at the end, the, the problem from that is that that is giving uh, is giving no confidence at all to yeah. the to the possible uh, tourism. Eh? And that is what is making the, the people or some people not to travel. Eh? Because uh, how are you going to book a uh, a flight, a hotel, or whatever for for your for your family, etc. And when you don't know what will happen in one week or in two weeks, or or if you are there and then you have to come back and stay uh, ten days doing a quarantine, etc. It's really if you have to do it because you are working and it's a kind of compulsory thing, then okay, you will do it. But uh, as a leisure, you will you will not do it. You will not do it. And then, for example, what we have seen also in in Valencia and I think in general in Spain and all over Europe is is a huge increase of domestic domestic tourists. And uh, my last uh, holidays uh, have been in the region of Valencia or or, or in neighbor neighbor regions because. Oh, uh, yeah would you change anything then Miguel what would what would your advice be your personal advice how would you change it how do you think well, uh, my, 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 this, this is very opinion very 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 <laughs> personal eh? yeah not, of course yeah <laughs> not an official from from BC Valencia uh, my opinion is that uh, once the, the, the virus has spread so much uh, worldwide and yeah. it is um, at the end so difficult to to control it. Um, I don't think it gives really any positive thing uh, to 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 make restrictions on people traveling really from one country to another one, at least uh, within 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 Europe, because the virus at the end is 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 not controlled no. at 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 all. And the only the only thing that we see it it makes some some change is when you when you make for example a, a night uh, lockdown mm-hmm. and, and you limit a little bit the the crazy moments, ne? Yeah. The, the, the crazy moments, which are the moments where instead of one beer we've already drank uh, <laughs> four, four, four beers and, <laughs> and then we talk to each other and hug, etc., etc. I haven't, and, and, st- I haven't started my yeah. first one yet, you know. So, yeah. I, think, so I think it's so, about limiting. So I think, yeah. Li- limiting a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a lot of uh, self self responsibility. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I mean, if you know <coughs> someone that has been a direct contact to you very close 
and has been positive, you have to limit your contact with other people and be responsible. And this, and I'm sure this has happened in Spain and in Valencia and in Tenerife and in UK and worldwide, this some people has uh, been uh, a good citizen and has behaved and some people has not. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, because they, they, they wouldn't want to stay 10 days uh, uh, at, at home. But uh, the thing is that uh, at this moment, uh, I would make things much easier for, for traveling. I think uh, at least within Europe, there is a huge amount of population uh, vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Probably, probably to what we are seeing, many people would need another another dose because what mm -hmm. we are seeing now here in Spain is that people who got vaccinated maybe in January or in February or or in March now now um, they are not that uh, strong against the yeah. against the the virus as the ones like me who were vaccinated a few weeks a few weeks ago. But once you have most of the population, and here in Spain now is I think it's over 75% probably vaccinated, mm -hmm. uh, we need to open uh, borders, yeah. open frontiers, and try to get back to to normal life, uh, keeping it still a little bit uh, yeah. the distance or, or the mask uh, when we are inside in a place. Um, it seems that outside is not a big, it's not a big problem. This this is good for places like Tenerife or Valencia, where we have very good uh, very good weather. In Valencia, we have 320 sunny days, an average temperature of 19, 20 degrees, and this makes that very easy. I uh -huh. guess if you live in a small village in in the north of uh, of uh, of UK, in England or Scotland, yeah. and you have to be inside the path, uh, etc. It's not that easy, no? It's very, very different. Carlos, what's your view on this? And obviously, as, as well, I mean, again, Tenerife, although is a part of Spain, it, the, the Canaries do sit very much alone. Um, and I know that I have friends who live in the Balearic Islands and, and, and we have friends who live in the Canaries. Things have been very, very different. How, would you change anything? And again, are you confused as well about the traffic light system, whether it's the UK one or the European one? Because... I'm, as I said to you before, I'm very confused. I, have you had the same feeling? Yeah, I've had the same feeling. And, and I think it's it's been confusing, and especially uh, with this uh, red and, and, and green and all this color thing, uh, traffic lights, because because of the uncertainty that that creates, especially for the traveler, because at the end for us as a tourist board, for we're, we're waiting for people to come uh, and we can, you know, at the end we try to promote, but we don't promote until we see that people have the confidence or have the, 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 yeah. you know, the confidence to come to the island. So if, if you have those, those, those traffic lights and, and if you're in England and you want to come to Tenerife and you don't know if you're here and suddenly you have to do a quarantine to go back because the traffic light has changed, that's what creates the uncertainty. That's what, what, what has been so difficult for most people. Uh, I think I'm, I'm totally with Miguel. I think we have to learn how to live with this virus because yeah. if we don't do this, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we, we need to learn how to, to live with this virus. This is a virus that that it, it's already spread all over the, the world. Uh, I think it's been a year and a half now, and 
I think it's time to 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 understand that that we that it's going to be here forever. So we need to we need to we need to find ways to to travel safe, of course, and 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 maintain that um, uh, the safety regulations that we have and 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 the test. That's fine. We can keep that. I think people don't mind having that. At the end, the people will worry is about having to do quarantines, having to be locked down in the country, and things like that. And that's what yeah. you cannot have. If you have that, we are still in the same position. Yeah. We can travel doing the tests and doing all these things and understanding that this is here to stay because this this, this virus is going to stay. Yeah. We need to start. I, 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 I agree. I agree with with Carlos. We need to to live with this. Uh, yeah. With this uh, virus because uh, we didn't manage to to control it and uh, get the vaccine. Keep 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 testing uh, to because uh, people is getting used to to that and that way trying to reduce uh, the trans transmission the, yeah the, the, the transmission yeah. Uh, and, and and that's it and, and hope that uh, increasing the vacuums and, and mm. so on the virus gets uh, weaker and that's it like yeah like, you're right yeah you're right like, like, like the like the influenza no another absolutely another, another virus no we have to learn to live with. I was talking to my mum today and she's going for her influenza jab again. And, you know, that's just the normal thing. And I think um, something you were saying before about the F, the the um, how the there is a reduction on a couple of the um, um, vaccinations that after a certain time they lose their sort of um, potency protection. And it, it, yeah. their protection and it, apparently it drops by a certain amount of percent after a couple of months so that's been all over the news in the UK recently I would imagine that's all over the news in Spain and France and Germany so yes more doses um, so we, we talk a lot about um, COVID obviously this is one of the reasons we started the podcast but I think it's time to move on to some to just to talk about more a bit about what you guys do in terms of how you work with local businesses uh, in Valencia and in Tenerife and obviously Carlos said you've got 20 hotels how you work with these businesses to promote and Carlos said just a moment ago we can't re-promote Tenerife until we know more people are arriving it's it's a catch-22 situation the more people start arriving from a certain country the more you're going to put adverts whether they be tv or via the internet or um, leaflets how I suppose what I want to know from both of you is how you go about that on a normal time so pre-covid or post-covid how are you going to go about this what what is it that you do to help promote and who do you work with well, uh, who was first, Carlos or me? It doesn't matter. You can you, either either <laughs> of you. It doesn't matter. Okay. In our in our case in in Valencia, we work with around uh, 400 uh, companies and organizations that are in different uh, products, no? like uh, golf in Tenerife. Carlos mentioned. So we have sports, gastronomy, convention bureau, etc. No? So around 400. Uh, companies. Uh, what we try to do is uh, to create with them as much uh, value as possible to make sure the city offers a vibrant agenda all year round for different kind of, uh, of people so that people is coming to Valencia with a specific interests. 
they want to come to play golf as well, or they want to go to visit some wineries, or they are interested in design, and because we are the next world world design capital, they want to come to, to see all that in, in Valencia, uh, or they want to come to the marathon, which is one of the best ma marathons in the in the in the world, the Valencia Marathon, which uh, more than 30,000 uh, runners. So we try to promote. So people is not just coming to see the Albufera Lake and the Flamingos, or they come just to see the City of Arts and Sciences, or to go to the beach, or see the cathedral, or things like that, which is also part from our attraction and offer. But we focus on other specific interests so that uh, uh, people also is uh, willing to to stay longer in the destination and also why not say it to spend more more money exactly. which is a way which is a way to make uh, tourism more sustainable that's right which is, yeah. so, which is also something also very important for for valencia in fact we've been the first city in the world to measure the carbon footprint from the from the tourism uh, impact in the, oh, wow. in, the in the in the in the in the city no? and uh, and this all comes uh, together so with to come back with our stakeholders with with those 400 or more uh, companies we try to create value and we try to do it in a sustainable way uh, to fulfill the 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 interest from the from the demand from the potential uh, tourists and of course we change a little bit and we promote it in a different way if we do it in one country or, or we do it in another one it's not the same promoting the destination to chinese tourists than to to british or, or to the americans for example What about um, just with regards to yourself? Obviously, you mentioned about that you do um, with the golf and uh, you work with hotels in, in Tenerife. But what were you doing before you joined uh, the Tenerife Golf Association? Where would where would we have seen you either in the world or what were, what were you doing before then? Well, before that, I, I, I've been uh, working in the, uh, the golf management business. I, I've been do, I've been manager of four golf courses in, in, in total throughout my life. So that's where I've been in the operation side of golf. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, managing golf courses. And, uh, well, for things of life, uh, I came back to Tenerife. That's where I am. I was born and, and, and I got this opportunity. And it's a different thing to do related to golf, but uh, from a different perspective and a different activity. So uh, I'm enjoying it as well. Uh, it's, it's different. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I, I, it's something that I like to do. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Miguel, just coming back to you, um, obviously you mentioned um, that at the moment you're maybe having your vacation or your holiday in Valencia or around Valencia. Uh, but before the pandemic, where would we where would we normally see you on holiday? Where is your favorite destination to go to? Well, I, I try to look for the colder places. OK, 
because uh, always you, you want what, what you don't have. And, and in Valencia, we have a very pleasant and uh, warm weather all year round. So in, in summer, we like to go maybe to the north of Spain or to the north of Europe or Central uh, Europe. For example, our last trip before the pandemic was in Albania. Okay. Which is uh, not that not that that common uh, destination. In fact, we were looking at the beginning like Croatia, which is more typical. No? Yeah. Or we had been also another summer in Slovenia, but that time we went to Albania, which is also a very recommended uh, desti de destination. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to hear um, a Spanish person turn to say, because we're, as being British, living in Britain, our country is wonderful. Well, right now it's um, it's 18 degrees here in Brighton and the sun's been shining all day. It's a beautiful day in Brighton. Um, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going there in November in Brighton. Yeah. How will the weather be? The weather will be cold, wet and miserable. You, you can <laughs> um, You've got to try but, and build uh, it up, Martin. Thank you, Martin. We do get very good winters, actually, um, and this is why I live here because the seas. When when it's when we get good days, and even in the winter, you get very beautiful, water, uh, sort of sunny days. It's beautiful, but it's obviously very interesting to hear you say that you go for colder places because we are opposite. We we can't wait. I mean, I'm very different. I like to go skiing in the winter, so I always try and find the mountains. But in the summer, we can't wait to race down to the Canary Islands to get on the beaches of Tenerife or get to Valencia and eat some amazing paella and, you know, maybe run the marathon. And Damien and I might have to come and run the the, uh, the uh, marathon at some point. We, we've we been talking about that recently, so we'll have to try and come and do that one. But I, it's really bizarre. Carlos, where, where do you like to go then? Where's your favourite holiday spot when you can get off Tenerife? Well, I, I, traveling is for me is my is one of my passions. So I, I love to travel. I actually, I did a round the world trip for one year a few years ago, and, oh, wow. and I, wow. you know, it, it's one of those things that I that I love to do. I always try to do a trip every day, every year, minimum one or two. Uh, I, you will probably find me my favorite spots will be probably somewhere in Southeast Asia. Any country there, I love. I really love Southeast Asia. Mm. And anywhere in South America, I would say as well. I, I love those those places. For some reason, they, I'm attracted to them. But I also love uh, mountains, and I also love uh, you know when I go to places where there's snow because it's not something that I see very often. And uh, it's it's a difficult choice for me. But uh, but I would say that I would say Southeast Asia, South America. Yeah. I love those places. Yeah. Can you? Can you give the listeners, uh, Carlos, uh, maybe two good reasons why they need to come back and visit Tenerife? Apart from the golf. I mean, you, you, we, we know yeah. you're into the golf, but what are the two of the reasons why now is the time to come visit Tenerife? There's two, these two main reasons. Of course, we, we always talk about the weather and, and I know I know it's I repeat, we repeat ourselves, but the weather here in the wintertime, it's it's really amazing. I mean, it's really it's, it's it's not comparable to anywhere in Europe, not comparable to many places in the world. So I guess the weather is the main reason why to come here. And I would say Tenerife, Tenerife has everything within a very small area. Uh, we have uh, the biggest mountain in Spain and the third largest volcano in the world, which wow. which is Teide. Mm -hmm. And this, this this thing many people don't know about this, but but we mm. have we have some some UNESCO uh, heritage cities in the on the island and uh, and there's so many things that you can do here in terms of gastronomy and other things that really it's a, it's a all in one place where you can do so many things 
uh, that, uh, well, uh, mm. yeah, I'm from here and I'm always going to talk well about this place, but but honestly, it's it's a place where you have everything you need and uh, anything you need. What what about um, Valencia, Miguel? What would you say if um, if people are unaware of uh, Valencia, the city? I, I'm very I know the city well, but maybe not as well as uh, as you do. Um, what would you say is um, maybe one unknown thing that people would not know about Valencia? So now uh, one of the un- unknown uh, things and uh, why the people should immediately visit Valencia is because uh, next year we will be the world design uh, capital. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and you know what happens with with design. Huh? You know, uh, uh, a bottle of water is uh, one euro, yeah. but the design bottle of water is uh, 10 euros. Huh? Wow. So, so <laughs> uh, from next year, the city is going to, to be two or three times the, the price than it is now. So now it's a, it's, it's a very good moment. No? But, Get uh, in now no, while the bear is cheap. <laughs> no, and no, but the, the, the other interesting, very interesting thing is the, the gastronomy. Mm. Uh, you mentioned paella. And the 20th mm-hmm. of September, we will celebrate the, the, for the fourth time the World Paella Day. But this year, this year, we are hosting in Valencia the Michelin, Stars uh, Gala <coughs> Award uh, cere- ceremony, wow. yeah? uh, and, and uh, everybody in, in, in at least in Spain is saying that the, the gastronomy in Valencia is uh, growing a lot. Uh, before people was talking about Basque cuisine, of course, and then with Ferran Adrián, the brothers uh, Roca, etc. In Catalonia, but now Valencia with uh, Quique da Costa and Ricard Camarena with three Michelin and two Michelin stars is, is, is a great uh, opportunity to, to enjoy a gastronomy which is focused on uh, on, on in zero kilometer uh, food. Eh? Yeah. The food that we grow at the, the Huerta Everything's from Valencia. Everything's local, yeah. yeah. And, 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 the, and the fishes that we fish at the Mediterranean yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sea, which makes, again, a very sustainable destination. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've heard of your chefs. I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie, um, as Damien rightly knows, and um, we'll be visiting Valencia next year and I will be definitely trying to get a reservation in one of those restaurants. And But um, well, then we'll have to go over to Tenerife and um, go up to um, we, we, we know Mount I, we, if, you, if you follow cycling, Mount Tady is always very popular with all the cycling teams for their pre-season training camp. Yeah. So that's what makes it interesting. Great place to go cycling. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, as Damien will attest, a great place to go and play golf and Carlos will as well. So, I think, yeah. yeah, I think we've got some lot of trips coming up over the next 12 months here, Damien. And it'd be great to catch up with Miguel and Carlos. It will um, be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think we should um, we'll, we'll wrap things up. We'll let Miguel and uh, and Carlos uh, leave. Um, we'll let them relax, uh, have a beer. I know Miguel's already been having a beer, <laughs> which is good. Um, and hopefully, um, as you say, Martin, we will see them both in Tenerife or Valencia very soon. So absolutely It'd be great to get them on another podcast in the future whilst we're out there. Definitely. Miguel and Carlos, thank you very much for your time. Gracias, hombres. Thank you very much. Muchas gracias. Thank you. (laughs) 
Oh, that was really good to uh, to listen to Miguel and Carlos. They had some, you know, not just some good stories, but some good insights about, you know, their destinations, um, mm. how they're trying to, you know, I think in particular it was really interesting to hear from Miguel about Valencia being the design capital of, uh, for next year in 2022, mm. but also about sustainable tourism. So it's interesting to see they're reducing the carbon footprint, mm. obviously doing a lot of stuff there. So, so really good. So, um, so just, just before we go on to the news part, uh, Martin, I suppose we haven't really touched upon it yet, but how can people get in contact? How can people share their feedback? How can they maybe even contribute on a future episode? Yes. So uh, carrier pigeons. That's the best way, my <laughs> friends. Uh, get yourself a pigeon. Trade it to fly to uh, to the Travel Our World podcast um, head office. Uh, no, I'm only joking, of course. Um, the usual places. We are still on Instagram, still looking for more followers. It's Travel Our World podcast. You can reach out by tweeting us at podcast underscore travel if you're into Twitter. And then obviously there is our Gmail account, which is the Travel Our World podcast at gmail.com. So, yeah. yeah, I still like the carrier. I still like the carrier pigeon thing. I think no, definitely. Yeah. Back. I know Definitely you've been. Tra- I know. I know you've been trying to reach me on a golf course from time to time using those. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on my holidays. I need some help. No, I'm playing <laughs> golf. I'm playing golf. No, do you know what? I just you were saying just before that was interesting. I know. I know. And I totally forgot to ask Carlos about um, sustainable tourism. But I suppose what we can do is get him back on in a future podcast because I think yeah. there's going to be in season two we're going to touch on sustainable travel and yeah. the Canary Islands. Like most islands, um, are very. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, let's say. You can't get to Tenerife without really flying unless you drive down to the south of Spain, get a boat over to Morocco and then get a boat across Morocco. So you can't get there. So you have to fly. And so how do they reduce their carbon footprint? So I I really do think we should get Carlos back on in the future when we do cover sustainable tourism and see what he says, because it would be very interesting to know about that so that's one for for the for the future and i i i totally forgot we we got, i got so wrapped up in listening to um all the other great things they were talking about it just it just evaded my um evaded my thoughts so there we go yeah um demo a bit of travel world news uh i promise by season two i will have some music for <laughs> little theme tune are you gonna write, write the theme tune <laughs> i knew you were doing that you beat me to it um i will definitely have a theme tune for the travel world demos travel world news right. but no. what's in the news right now as we speak what's going on in the world demo yeah so at the time of that we record this um so just so you know we normally record these about a week in advance um we're actually at the stage where the uk government's set to announce the next travel update uh so that should be made imminently either this evening or tomorrow um and interestingly you say about the ways that people can contact us because uh our uh, transport minister really likes to um broadcast this via his twitter account which is very um you know dissimilar to other government announcements but mm. there we go but um well didn't they get in trouble recently with the last update and they did it at 10 o'clock at night and it really riled up all the tour operators you could see they're yeah. like why are you telling this at 10 o'clock at night surely give us the opportunity to get this information exactly, um, yeah. so again please please if you're listening that's you it know, yeah don't just, do it at 10 o'clock at night just let everyone know sort it out yeah, yeah. um so um yeah so Obviously, you know, we touched upon in the in the podcast this week, you know, 
Tenerife, Valencia, not not been able to receive many UK travellers as as of as is the majority of the world. Um, and I think as a result, uh, just read today that staycation prices within the UK have risen 40 percent during the pandemic. So that's even more expensive than an average foreign trip from what I've read. So, mm. you know, it's obviously great for our economy, but at the same time, we we have to we want to try and support you know these other places like Spain, like France, like Italy, Portugal, etc. Um, because people want to see people in the skies and travelling, etc. Mm. Um, and talking of which, um, Gatwick has revealed they um, are having a plan for the new runway, even though it hasn't been approved. So uh, I think it deserves. Well, I mean, again, we were just talking about sustainable tourism here. Now we're talking about tarmacking up half of um, exactly. Of yeah. But I think. Gatwick does deserve a second runway as much as Heathrow deserves another one. I oh. also think Manchester deserves a second a second runway because, you know, if you can find ways of sustainable air travel, which I know that they're looking into, mm-hmm. then I think, you know, th- these places, well, I mean, it would help those in the north to reduce their prices. I always find it very unfair that they get stung with extra price for their flights because it's a northern flight. I mean, this is why I don't fly from the Midlands anymore. When, you know, I'm originally from, you know, the Birmingham area. I don't because it's it's twice the price from Gatwick. Um wow. Yeah, at times it can be it can be crazy um, and sometimes not. So, yes, Gatwick second runway. We look forward to seeing their plans. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Obviously, before the, um, you know, the next government announcement about travel is announced, we're we're, we're reading that. And I'm not going to say which countries, but we're talk. There's a talk that some countries could be regarded as a safe travel list. I don't know what right. that means. Um, again, another bit of ambiguity being thrown mm-hmm. thrown around by the um, either the media or the government or both. Mm-hmm. Um, there is at the moment, and we we did touch upon this uh, with Carlos and Miguel. At the moment, uh, Europeans can obviously travel freely within the European zone if they've got a proof of double vaccination or a negative lateral flow or PCR test. Um, Currently, the NHS COVID pass that we have, um, you may or may not have it, you can access it via smartphone or via email. Um, It's still not being recognised in some EU countries. So maybe just have a check if you are travelling in the next two, three, two months or whatever, just have a check just to see on government websites or maybe on uh, certain tourism board websites just to see whichever country you're traveling to if your covid pass is accepted mm-hmm. um so it's just you know again just precautions making sure that uh, you've got everything in the place in the right time and let's hope that you know there's more countries going to amber uh, more countries going to green or ultimately let's just hope that this whole traffic light system is scrapped and they just say right you can travel to these countries if you've been double vaccinated don't travel to these countries because otherwise you're going to have to spend two weeks in a in a quarantine hotel upon return so let's see what happens yeah, I agree. I agree. What, a, um, what about what about the next episode, Martin? What we got coming up next? So we have well, demo. Sad news. We're down to the final two. Ooh, teary eyes. I know. I know. Very teary. But we have a little break, and I I, I think I need a little break from podcasting. It's yeah. been a lot of fun, but um, sometimes it just take up your life. But then we that's what we signed up for, and um, exactly. our list. This is what our listeners want, Demo, and this is why we're here. Um, So the next podcast coming out on the 8th of September will be the Family Holiday Pods. Now, what are we going to be talking about in the Family Holiday Pod? Well, we've all been on a family holiday. 
I used to be a holiday rep. I think it's one of the reasons why we started doing the podcast. A lot of the jobs that we talk to people about, I've done or you've done. Yeah. So I used to work in family hotels. I was a holiday rep. I was an entertainer. Um, and so for those of you who've been wanting to hear the our friends come back, the return of Glyn Norris, who was hey. on our cruise pod <laughs> back in the end of July. He's going to be talking about entertainment, more in tune with families. We've got James Barrett. Now, James and Glyn both work together and they work with me um, in my first season in the Canary Islands, in Grand Canaria. Dangerous um, combination. It's going to be a very dangerous combination. There's going to be some very, very good stories to come out here. And the return of the most used guest on the podcast, Mr. Owen Reese Menendez. He'll be back on because he was a kids rep. And I'm very intrigued. I know because I've spoken to him about this, but I know our listeners will be intrigued to know what it was like to be a bloke and look after other people's children whilst on holiday. The majority of people that work as kids reps are girls. And that's no slight at all. Lots of female reps, lots of female entertainers. But there was always a bit of a raised eyebrow from parents when you know they turn up at the kids club and owen would be signing in their kids and i'm not saying there's anything there it's just one of those things sadly a bit of sexism possibly in uh, in the industry of going why is a bloke doing a girl's job well owen pushed past those barriers and made the parents realize it's not about who you what who you are male or female it's the person and working with him he was one of the best kid reps i've ever worked with he was very attentive to the children listened to their their needs but also kept them entertained and always had great fun um so we'll be talking about the famous the favorite uk institution the family holiday divulging some more information and hopefully dragging a few more stories out of Glenn, James and Owen <laughs> about that. Um, we will keep them clean. Um, um, and so, yeah, so that is the next pod out on the 8th of September. It's the family holiday pod. Excellent. Looking forward to that. And I think um, a lot of our listeners, along with me included, uh, will um, wait uh, with anticipation for those uh, stories from Glenn and James. It's going to be a long pod. I'm going to be brutally honest yeah. with you here. I'm probably not going to edit much out, though maybe, you know, if uh, the odd, you know, it's obscenity is said. Um, but I have told them to keep the stories to a family level. Um, and so we will try. <laughs> well, it, um, is a fa- it is a family holiday. It is podcast, a family. So, it yeah. is a family holiday podcast. So, you know, we, you know, we'll be keeping it nice and clean. But anyway, on that note, my dear friends, it is always a pleasure to host this podcast with you. I Definitely. wish you uh, all a lovely rest of your day. Yeah, whatever likewise. you're up to. enjoy your bank holiday weekend and also to yes. our listeners out there as well enjoy the if you're in the uk enjoy the bank holiday weekend if you're not in the uk enjoy your weekend wherever you may be and i hope the sun is shining and if it's not we hope you're feeling positive and you're in fine form